Happy Smog Day. I mean, uh, um, we had, I had ash raining on my car today as I was coming. Anybody else have ash all over your car? It's a little crazy. Um, it's 9-11 today. How many years has it been? 21 years since the, the planes crashed into the World Trade Center. Um, you can definitely say, where were you on 9-11? I was at a friend's house asleep, having a sl- uh, like a slumber party or whatever, and uh, ignoring the people coming in saying, wake up, wake, wake, wake up. And uh, I think our world forever changed that day, didn't it? The whole shift. And those moments kind of keep coming. I think COVID's going to look, we're going to look back and say that was a shift too for our nation. Um, and the question is, how will we as the church respond? And how will we uh, step in? So with all of that today, you got a Bible. Um, go to Philippians chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. And uh, the last several weeks we've been talking about the heart. God get put the seal in, in me about what goes into our heart. So we talked about the soil of the heart. So you have, you know, our heart is kind of like ground and you throw seed in it. And sometimes the ground is hard. Um, like our hearts can be hard. Sometimes there's rocks like a fence. There's different things in it. Sometimes there's weeds where the distractions um, distract us or or sometimes it's good soil. So the, the what's the soil of my heart? And then another thing we talked about was um, last week was what's the treasure of your heart? What are the things, the promises from God that God has given to you that you are treasuring? Are you treasuring what God is giving to you? Are you holding on to it and protecting it? Or are you allowing things to be stolen from your heart, dreams and promises? Are you allowing what others have said or, or conditions of life to say, well, that's not valuable? Um, so what is the treasure of your heart? And to this morning, the title is The People in Our Heart. And here's the verse that I want to kick us off with. And before, and before we get into that, I just wanted to say simply, um, Blessed City is about a pursuit after Jesus, the message of Jesus, and the example of Jesus. Pursuit after Jesus, the message of Jesus, and the example of Jesus. Like Jason was saying, we have our Wednesday night pursuit prayer time. And I want to encourage everybody to come on out. Um, it's a good time of just seeking God's heart. And, and if we can figure out this one thing, how to walk in friendship with God, I think everything changes. So um, Philippians 1, 6 through 8 says this. Paul was saying this to the people of Philippi. He was saying, and I'm certain that God who began the good work in you will continue his work until it is finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as the way I do, for you have a special place in my heart. God has reserved for you people that are meant to be in your heart. Special people that are meant to live in your heart. Um, God, I just pray today, this whole topic of friendship, friendship with you, friendship with others, this place of us having impact, this place of us being impacted um, God, I pray for each person in this room, and I pray this thing, um, the lie, I am alone, to be ripped out and destroyed from every heart this morning. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here, that you are the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I, I just pray this morning, God, for every person to leave this space with that, the recognition of your friendship and the recognition of who you have called them to be in relationship with. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, friendship. I remember growing up when I was 
four or five, I remember my very first friend, um, his name was Sammy, and we ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches together. It was glorious. Um, we would go to his house and play G.I. Joe's. And then I remember every five years or so, our family would move, and I would have to start the whole process all over again. And I remember moving to the Tri-Cities, and I met my good friend John Inglehart. And then John, I, I had to say goodbye to John, and we moved away, and we moved to a place called Chilliwack, B.C. And again, I was alone. And I remember talking and complaining to my mom about it and saying, God, I'm alone. I was not God. Mom. My mom's not God. Um, um, and I said, man, I'm alone. I don't, I don't feel anybody. And we, so we prayed. And, and my mom said, if you pray, God will bring you friends. So I'm like, okay. So we prayed. And I remember God bringing me friends. And I really believe that no one is meant to um, be alone. All of us are meant to have meaningful relationships. And so this morning, I wanted to walk through that a little bit. And I wanted to encourage you to do something that I've been doing over the last little bit. And that's called a relational inventory. And the question I have to you is, who is impacting you? Who are you walking in life with? And who are you pouring into? Who speaks into you, who are you walking in life with, and who are you pouring life into? John 15, 15 says this. No longer do I call you servants. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. By the way, can we give it up for Isley back on the computer? He's just holding it down. Making it happen. Rock star back there. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Now, what's interesting about this passage, this is Jesus saying this something to his disciples. But guess what? He didn't call them friends when he first called them. In fact, they were fishermen. They were tax collectors. He said, come, follow me. They were very much in the space of follow my lead, do what I say, um, trust my leadership, and there was, there was very much, this was like a teacher-disciple relationship. This was very much more like the master-servant. This was not equals on any level. But what happened over time is that Jesus and his disciples grew into friendship. And if you know anything about a good, solid friendship, it takes some time. It takes some energy. It takes some intentionality. And in fact, in the Bible, it's said there's only three places in the Bible, get this, Three, where God calls someone his friend. Only three. Now, I don't think that means that God doesn't value friendship. But what I do think is that it is, a, it is an intentional investment space to grow into friendship. What's really interesting is the story of Samuel. It says in 1 Samuel 2, 26, this little boy um, who worked in the tabernacle, he slept next to the ark, he was in the very presence of God working, serving, doing all the right good things. You could say he was a good old church boy. And it says this in 1 Samuel 2.26. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow in both strength and in favor with God and with man. And get this, at the very same time, it says this one chapter later. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. He was a good Christian boy. He was trusting in God. He was doing the right things. He, was, he was, had a good favor on his life. He was all of those things. And yet, he did not yet know the voice of God. Isn't that interesting? 
the only difference between having favor on his life and knowing God was this conversation, dialogue, a give and take back and forth where Samuel heard God and God heard Samuel. And I would say this too, God wants friends, but it's in his presence that we hear his voice. This is our daily pursuit here at Bless the City, that we would be a people of his presence. And, and here's, my, here's my kind of my question to each of you, is that when you think of and you relate to God, how do you relate? When you think of God and your relationship with him, what images, what thoughts come to mind? And I was processing through this, and I, I found a few different ways that we can approach God. And, and one person might approach God like God's a genie. If I rub the lamp, maybe I don't know, maybe if I go to church, pray before meals, do some good things, I'll hit the jackpot and have a good time in life. What I'm looking for is getting my needs met, and maybe, maybe if I do these right things, I'll get those things from God. Another way that we can treat God is God's like a fireman. I don't know God that well, but I sure know how to dial 911. I hope I go to heaven. I prayed the prayer. When, when life falls apart, Jesus Help. Another one is, and this one's sad, but I think I, I've seen people do this one too, is uh, God the tormentor. If there is a God of love, then why is there evil in the world? God is a jerk, and those who serve him are either ignorant or they're cruel. Another one is slave driver. I'm, not ever, I'm never going to be good enough for God. God is high. He's an exalted high king, but he isn't happy. In fact, he's probably scowling at me right now. If I do more, suffer more, or give or do lots of good things, then maybe, maybe I can earn God's favor. The genie, the fireman, the tormentor, the slave driver. But God's looking for friends. It's true that he's a provider and he does take care of us. And we can say with confidence we can have all that we need. It's true that he can help us when life is burning down and there's tons of fires in life. And he loves to do that. It's true that he does deal with justice and he'll deal with the sin in your heart and the sin in mine. But he leaves room. And aren't you thankful that he leaves room for mercy when we all need it? And it is true that he is holy. His standard is perfection. But he, he tr expects us to trust him and to yield to his leadership. God is looking for friends. But friendship takes a while to develop. It can be awkward at first. You ever have a friend, friendship start, and it's just kind of awkward? You might not know what to say. There might be moments of odd silence, but it's worth the pursuit. And, and that's partly the main point this morning is what is your view of God, and do you have friendship with God? And I can tell you that sometimes in the beginning, it can be awkward. But everything changes with one word when you hear from him. Everything changes when God starts speaking and you start hearing. The other part that I wanted to talk about this morning comes from Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10, and it says this. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity on the one who falls and has no one to pick him up. God designed us for a relationship with him and relationship with others. The next slide shows this. It shows this. Mentors, friends, and mentees. Now, what's a mentor? 
A mentor is someone that pours into my life, walks with me through things. A friend is someone that can carry life with me, bear my burdens. And a mentee is someone that I am actively pouring into. So what happens when I don't have a mentor in my life? Well, if I don't have a mentor in my life, it's really easy to get spiritually proud. I can walk into a room and I can start believing that I'm the smartest one there. I can get stuck and I can stop growing and I can hit these spots where I never seem to get past the same things over and over. Why? Because there's blind spots in my life and I don't know what they are. We all need people that can pour into us, see us who we are, and still love us. We need people that can know us for all that we are and go, I believe in you and let me help you as you walk this out. So, and if I don't have any friends, you know what happens? I get socially awkward. I become unaware of my blind spots, and I get increasingly self-focused. When I lack friendship, it's easily to substitute that for entertainment or substitute that with something that will just soothe the heart. But we were never meant to soothe that. That was supposed to be meant to be solved in friendship. And lastly, if there's no space of mentorship or mentoring, like mentoring somebody, um, what we end up doing is we end up knowing tons of things and we become dispensers of information. You're always ready with a three-point sermon. You're always ready to share lots of stuff. But a true mentor is a listener first. What's the person saying that I want to seek to serve? Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What do I have a value in me that could be a blessing to this person? People need to be, what's the old adage? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I, the other thing I want to say in this, too, is that on, on two points, um, one, um, not everybody is meant to be your friend. Just because you have a meaningful moment with someone doesn't mean that you're, they're your friend. Just means you might have had a good moment with somebody. Also, friendship is mutual. That means if your goal for someone is to listen to you, spend time with you, it might not work. To be a good friend or to have a good friend is to be a good friend, someone who is enjoyable to spend time with, someone that invests, not just takes. So here's my question to you. Who are in those spots in your life? Who are the mentors in your life? Who are the friends in your life? Who are the people that you're pouring into? Maybe there's a gap. Maybe there's a spot where there isn't somebody in that space. I really believe that God wants to fill each and every one of those spots in our lives. And, and on the mentorship thing, one thing important to say is that a mentor doesn't necessarily have to be older than you. It just has to be somebody that is farther down the road in something you want to grow in. That's all. How in the world do I find mentors, friends, or people to pour into? Well, I, I want to say this. I think, first of all, God highlights them. Remember when I was back in college? I had just started. It was my very first day, and I walked into my dorm room. And there was this guy there named Greg Knott. Now, Greg was a 46-year-old youth pastor in Fall City. And when I walked into my dorm room, the guy was just standing there. And we looked, and we had this moment of just kind of connection. And it was, it was just like, huh, I'm supposed to know you. And we started connecting. In the next three years, I spent serving in that guy's youth ministry 
We saw like all sorts of crazy things. This, this church of about 150 people, the youth group grew to about 150 while we were there. It was crazy. All these kids were doing, there was like drug deals in the parking lot and people bringing kittens in and doing, it was just crazy. We had people doing push-ups during the middle of worship. So, and I don't think that was worship to them. I think they were just doing push-ups. But it was this crazy experience, and I got to see God move in a powerful way, and Greg had a massive impact in my life and taught me so much about loving people. This guy would work all graveyard shift at the Safeway, churning cottage cheese in these big vats, and then he would go to sleep in his Lazy Boy. His doorbell would ring, and there would be some, like, 14-year-old kid who would be like, hey, Greg, can we hang out? He would get up hang out with those kids. He would go down to the 7-Eleven. Here's this 47-year-old guy hanging out at the 7-Eleven with like 30 junior hires buying them candy. That was Greg. He taught me a ton. But God will highlight people to you that are called to pour into your life. I, I think in that, though, you might, have, you might also, I think it's the exact same thing with friendship. God will highlight people. And, and there will be this sense of like, hey, like maybe we're supposed to get to know each other. And I think it's the exact same thing with the mentee kind of thing, too, is that there's people that God will highlight that you can go, man, I have something of beauty to offer. Now, I would say in this whole thing of relationships, don't get weird. Like, don't walk up to someone and say, behold, I am your teacher. I am Yoda. You are Luke. Come follow me. Like, it's super awkward. Like, nobody's going to follow that. You when I want, if someone's going to be a mentor in my life, think about it. If someone was going to be a mentor in your life, how would you want them to approach you? You would want to see in their eyes a legitimate look of respect and care. That you go like, wow, you have something power, valuable. You are worth investing in. Now, the same is true for friendship. You could start, try to start a friendship and, and, it's the same thing. It's don't get awkward in this thing. And the other thing is we need to allow people the right to tell us no. Someone might be like, you might be like, hey, I would love it if you'd mentor me. And they could be like, yeah, I don't have time. Okay. Or maybe you're seeking friendship and you're like, yeah, their they're, 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 uh, scorecard's already full. They're, they're filled up. They don't have space. That doesn't say something about you. It says something about what God has for you. That person isn't the right person. I think sometimes we can even miss out on the relationships God has for us because we're so focused on maybe this person or this person could pour into my life when we're missing out the very person we're talking to right now is supposed to have a space in my life. I have some friends that are worship pastors at a church in town. Everybody and their puppy wants to be their best friend. Everybody loves them, and there's always like a line of people waiting to talk to them after the service. They would love to connect with them, and yet... If you always stand waiting, hoping for that person to pour into you, you're going to miss out on what God has right next to you. And also the other piece is some people aren't going to fit into any category. You might just work at the, local, at, the, at the mattress store, and you might just sell mattresses with Hank, and all your relationship with Hank is ever going to be is selling mattresses. That's it. It's okay. Don't force people into a bucket. Maybe they're just supposed to, you're supposed to sell mattresses, and that's it. It's okay. But who are my mentors, who are my friends, and who are the people that I'm pouring into? A mentor is going to be somebody that's going to call me higher. A friend is somebody that's going to run alongside me and help me not get weird. And a mentee is someone that I'm meant to hear their heart, see greatness in, and see, man, how can I serve them into what God has for their life?
And I want to say this to everybody. You all can invest in someone. There is someone that you are meant to pour into. I don't care if you're four years old right now hearing me. I don't think there's any four-year-old in here. But you're somebody that you are meant to pour into and see greatness in. We all have someone that needs to mentor us. Where is an area of your life that God has been highlighting? I bet you there's somebody in your life that God, has, they're a little farther down the road on that, path, on that part of life than you are. God wants to give you a mentor. And the other space is, who are you running with? Who is someone that you could trust your heart to? Say, man, here am I. Can we pray? Can we talk? Can we connect? Relationships take time. Relationships, I would say this, there's three traps to avoid in this too. One, busyness. I, I just don't have time for relationships. I don't, I don't have time to mentor people. I don't have time really to have friends. I don't have time to pour into anybody. Well, then I'm always going to stay right where I am. I, 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 I'm offended. I, I'm afraid that if I get too close to somebody, we're going to have an awkward conversation. And that spot in my life that I've tried to hide for a while, that's going to get exposed. Yep. Maybe God wants somebody to walk into that space where you've experienced hurt, offense, frustration, and walk with you into freedom out of that space. Or here's the other one, comparison. Well, I really like that person. They're pretty amazing, but I'm kind of intimidated by them. Or I actually feel like I'm up here and they're down there, and so I don't know if they have something to offer me. Either way, if someone isn't up to my standards or I'm intimidated by them, this comparison cuts me off from the beautiful relationships that God has. Busyness, offense, comparison. Steal relationships from our lives. Relationships take time, an unoffended heart, and eyes to see who God has put in my life right in front of me. This verse is really interesting to me, Proverbs 18, 24. The man of too many friends, chosen indiscriminately, will be broken into pieces and come to ruin. But there is a true loving friend who is reliable and sticks closer than a brother. The man of too many friends, chosen indiscriminately, will be broken in pieces and come to ruin. But there is a true loving friend who is reliable and sticks closer than a brother. It's not about more. It's about the right thing. Quality relationships take time. You know, Samuel grew in favor with God and man, and yet he still didn't hear the voice of God. And so when we seek him daily, God promises that we'll find him. And you might be in this space and you might be like, I don't have a mentor. I don't have a friend. Or I don't have someone to pour into. But if we are tenacious in the place of relationship, we will find what we're looking for. Who are you pouring into? Who are you running with? Who is God calling you to, walk, to um, have pour into your life? The last thing I want to say is that isolation is a lie. None of us were made to be alone. All of us were made to connect with God and with each other. So if you could just take your, your phone out 
or take a piece of paper out. And Isley, on the computer back there, under Spotify, is a thing that says Worship Pads. Is a playlist. If you could just put that on. And Jason, if you could just help her real quick, that'd be great. And I want to ask this question to you. Write down the word mentor. Write down the word friend. Write down the word mentee. M-E-N-T-E-E. Who are the people in those spots in your life? And maybe you look at a spot and you're like, man, it's just blank. Okay. God's holding that open for somebody. There's a woman of God that's called to pour into your life. There's a man of God that you're called to run with. There's somebody that you're called to be pouring into. Who are those people? We come alive in that space. The other question in this, too, are there people that are on those lists that shouldn't be? Is there somebody that you're running with that maybe they don't draw you towards Christ? I'm not saying unfriend them, but I am saying who are the people of your heart? Are they drawing you to what's worthwhile, to what's precious, to what's good? So mentorship. God, we lift up to you this space of mentorship. I just pray for every person in this room, God, you know exactly who is called to pour into their life, who are the who are the people that are meant to take them farther, help them get past the roadblocks that they've experienced over and over again. And so God, we just agree this morning, we just pray, God, that you would open the door for mentors in our lives. God, we want to learn, we want to grow, we want to be humble. And we want so much, God, to step into everything you have. So, God, I just pray right now, would you put into everyone's mind and heart who is called to mentor me? Just give it a moment, but maybe you get a name. You just write that down. And while you're writing that down, we're going to shift to the next one, friendship. Who are you called to run with? Who's called to... Carry your burdens with you. Yes, maybe your, your spouse if you're married, but also there's, you're called to have friendship. And so who are those people? And maybe you're drawing a blank in that space. That's okay, too. God is faithful. It's super easy to let, a, a, let offense, busyness, and comparison squelch the space. So, God, we just pray right now. I pray over that space of friendship. We come humbly. And we just say, God, we are people in need of friends. I pray, God, that we would be a good friend, but that, God, also you would send to each person. Just like when I was a little boy and Sai said, God, I'm lonely. I need friends. I pray, God, for each person in here that you would open the door to friendship in their life. Who are those people? Write those names down. And lastly, mentorship or mentee. There's people you're called to pour into. There's wisdom that you have. There's lessons you've learned. There's spaces where you've, you've, you've grown into something and you have things to impart and things to share. Who are the people that you're called 
to listen to, see greatness in, and impart life to? Who are those people? God, we pray for the people we're meant to impact. And we just pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you highlight them to our heart? We want to make space on our schedule, God, to invest rightly into the right people. Help us to stay on point, not get distracted with relationships we're not supposed to be investing in, but to focus right where we're supposed to invest. So we just agree this morning, God, over each one of these areas, the place of mentorship, friendship, and mentoring. God, you have divine relationships. I ask for that highlighting to our heart, highlighting to our mind, highlighting in our spirit. And God, we, we give this all with an open hand, God, expecting you'll give us exactly what we need, the right person in the right place. We say that all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. This is a really big deal. We need each other. Um, hey, can we all stand on up? And uh, we're going to do our, our benediction this morning. Let's just all say this together. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. God bless you. Just pray God's friendship over you. God will give you the mentors and the people to pour into. Have a great day.